Sebo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line, try from outside. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along to episode 39 of the Red 78. I'm Alan Quinlan and joining me as always is Neve Briggs. Uh, how are you, Neve? first of all? Good, Quinny, and yourself? Bit of breaking news for, for you uh, just be- at the weekend. Another job. <laughs> how, how many jobs have you now? Uh, look, it's um, it's great. I'm delighted to be able to finally get it over the line and announce it. But just clarify, um, you're, you've been announced as the new women's head coach of the yeah, senior team for Monster yeah for the upcoming Interpros so it's great because we were able to finally get on the pitch together um, and uh, yeah look it's taken a different shape this year which has proven its own challenges normally it's over at the summer um, you're not really uh, colliding with club training or anything like that too much whereas this time around now it's uh, in January and February so we've got to make sure we manage things a bit better but it's great. I'm delighted. Probably the next little step of my coaching progression, really. And um, just really excited to be working with such a, a good group of coaches and great like the group last year, playing group, were exceptional in terms of the environment and the culture. Um, and I hope that we can just continue to add to that as opposed to have to start over again. Just this is a short block, is it in, in January, February? And what about the yes. Six Nations then? When when they start in March again. Ireland, so, March, the, so yeah, the, the the windows move down. So we get back into camp in March, and then the game starts the end of March, start of April. So um, it's just a busy time. It, it can you can do it in the women's game because the the season is in blocks. It's like compartmentalized. So the AIL is September to December. Interpro is like December to February, and then international is from March to to the end of April, start of May. So. Um, it just means you've got very little downtime, but I'm loving it. So, and I'm learning so much all the time. So it's great. Okay, that's good news. Congratulations. Um, obviously, we've a match to talk about that uh, happened in the weekend and to look forward to the Connacht game. Munster will be one twenty-one five against Zebra at home, first home game. Um, and as ever, we want the fans to be involved and give their opinions, um, balanced opinions and fair opinions. Obviously, we've. You know, we, I put out a tweet again yesterday um, and people can get involved as always. They can tweet us at our own personal Twitters or leave a comment on YouTube or send an email to the rugby channel at bowermedia.ie uh, and leave their thoughts. So um, after yesterday and after the weekend, a little bit of a somber mood in the camp again after the performance. We'll obviously go through the performance in, in more detail in a few minutes, but... Uh, the Munster fans are are not best pleased anyway by the second half performance. But there's a balance there about patience and this taking a little yeah. bit of time. I'm actually thinking that I didn't think they were they were as negative as I thought they would be. To be honest, um, Martin Bramall, the coaches are giving Roundtree these sorry these games are giving Roundtree and the coaches a good idea of who's suitable to play their new way. Young lads are fearless and making good progress. It's a learning curve, but it's going in the right direction. Going to be ups and downs this year, hopefully more ups. Uh, Arch Staunton, Stanton, too slow to resource on rucks, making off slow ball, playing off slow, slow ball all the time, making it easy for opposition to defend. Worth starting a few of the younger players after their positive impacts off the bench. They seem to be playing at a higher level intensity than some senior players. 
Like Manny, thought not getting the bonus point was a real miss, but better performance, much better support around ruck lines, better D, stop start nature from the ref, stopped any momentum, frustrating. Highlight Quinn and Igdogbo, both class. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, kind of general team, Quinny, that, you know, the young lads look the real deal, would like to see them get more game time, Almost start from scratch with Peter O'Mahony, Byrne and Coombs leading the charge. It's going to be a tough season, but the new coaches need time. I'll accept a t- tough season if we start to make progress. Um, Jerry Maloney, first win is a plus. Healy and Casey getting lots of minutes, playing well. Young guys all did well and hopefully we'll see more. So there's a big team going across the... That now we're understanding that while we have a top tier of international players, that we've got these young lads that are coming through and seem to be really adapting to the way that Graham Roundtree, Dennis Leamy, Prendy, they, they want to play. And I think that we showed that at times the weekend in terms of, you know, that cohesion. Like, Conor Phillips' first touch in senior international, plucking the ball out of the sky and offloading it out of the back. Like, these guys have no fear. And I just think that that's definitely seems to be kind of a current theme. Yeah, it's... Um... It's, 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 we're trying to find positives. Um, I think the second half um, was really poor. And again, if the players are looking at this honestly, I think it's, um, it's worrying, it's concerning. Um, I think if you're looking at the glass more half full, um, there's a lot of change. There's a lot of uh, lack of cohesion in the team. They've used 41 players in the first three games. Uh, a lot of chopping and change in pre-season as well. So, um, those factors are probably affecting um, where they're going. But um, I think there's a frustration in the fans there in the comments on social media. I think they're a little bit, some of them are a bit nasty probably after the game. Initially, we all get a bit, people um, as emotions are running high. And um, there's a frustration there that some of the basic errors and basic mistakes are that are happening from not not the young players, from players who've been there a number of years and that's that is a concern. and that's a, that is a concern completely but here's the thing like you're actually asking them to come way out of the off like it's almost like the opposite end of where they were playing over the last three four or five years to where they are now where they're being expected to play and it's a very difficult thing to change your mindset I it's get almost that, like Niamh. at one stage I I, I, I was at, yeah but I was at the game I was working for the game on Saturday and a big thing that I was, when you're there and you're live and you can see it, one of the big things was that it was almost like previously they catch a ball and they go into the rock and everybody knows, okay, we're actually setting up a rock. Now they're looking to force a pass and they get the pass and then all of a sudden the rock isn't where they were used to it being. It's like, you know, a couple of metres on, on, away from where they would have normally went to and all of a sudden, it's like, oh God, there's been a pass or there's been a half a line break or we've got a... So I feel like their thinking is way behind their movement. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. I, I get that. But these guys are professionals. They're, they're talented players. They're playing at, you know, inter-provincial level. Um, they're playing in a league uh, against a lot of good teams as well. And if, you know, I think... Some of the basic errors and mistakes are not down to game plan or structure or no. I know uh, that. What I'm saying is, I, I I just think that you're almost like trying to recondition them to 
to be able to be proactive instead of reactive. So every time somebody gets on the ball, you expect a line break or a half line break. Every time somebody gets to the edge, we know exactly what we're doing. I feel like that they're almost registering it in the brain before they're moving. So they're having to think because they they're under pressure. Do you understand what I'm saying? I agree. And I agree. There's there's yeah. probably a lot there's probably a lot going on there trying to change behaviors and stuff like that. But Simple catch pass stuff yeah. um, needs to be a lot better. You know, the basics need yeah. to be better. Carry on. You've loads of more tweets. Yeah, and- sorry. So, Sean O'Connor, um, similar problems to the previous two games. I'm really excited for the younger players, though. Quinn carried the ball with aggression and purpose. He looks like a power forward. Dogbo is massive, and at 19, he's still growing. Casey looks like a future captain and waiting. And there's more of those young players coming up. I seriously believe we have a generational squad and there's going to be seriously talented and competitive over the next few years. But as Roundtree said, players can only get experience by giving them match minutes. It's interesting. I actually like how positive that was. Um, much more positive first 25 minutes, but then we stopped playing and lost momentum. Senior players need to show leadership and drive standards. Younger players look very impressive and he need to be released to flourish each week. Improved performance first half, but lost their way in the second. Young wingers, Dogbo and Quinn stepped up. Carberry didn't add any control or leadership, becoming clear that some players who I won't name will not be able to adjust to this new system. And this is one that seems to be cropping up quite a bit. It's time for the middle tier of player to be replaced now. Not trying to name and shame, but all are great servants. They've all had opportunities you wish for and clearly have reached their ceiling. And that was kind of a theme in relation to this kind of, look, I know you've said it, don't know what said on television, seems to be a lot of messages this week in relation to that middle group, Quinny, um, and the perceived fact that they aren't really stepping up. What are your well, thoughts on that? My thoughts on that are probably, um, yeah, look, it's you don't want to be apportioning blame to a certain group of players, I think um, everybody has to show more leadership, more urgency, uh, better decision-making, less panic, um, execute and do the basics really well. And, and I think um, obviously there's a worry that there's, there's, there's not enough top quality uh, talent there at the moment, a really, really strong, deep squad like, um, and, you know, there's no shock here. Munster have had to, you know, if you put down, down every player in the squad and, and compare it to other squads, there's stronger squads out there. There's optimism and hope that some of the younger players coming through will really step up and, and become future stars for Munster and for Ireland. And I've always said this, you've got a view. Um, when I played with Munster, I think young players coming through, we, we kind of didn't judge them on the fact that, and it wasn't as if we had a, a chart that we marked them out of 10 or something. We didn't judge them on just being a Munster player, but does this guy have the ability to go on and play for Ireland? And there is a number of players away with the emerging Ireland squad that, that you know, have potential to go on and play for Ireland. But the danger you have, and, and this is the catch-22 situation, there's a lot of people saying, well, play lots of the younger players and suffer a little bit of pain now that they might win these big games. They mightn't have the temperament, the, the kind of strength, the power to, to overcome big yeah. teams. Um, but it'll stand you in better stead in, in, in a year or two or, or whatever when 
when uh, they come through and they become really comfortable at that level or else play um, the guys who've been there for a number of years who um, maybe there's a concern that they've their ceiling is just monster players maybe are maybe touching on Ireland squads and look every coach in 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 the URC would love 10 15 internationals in their team the, the concern they'd have if they had that many is they're away a lot and you know they have to do a lot of um a lot of uh you know chopping and changing but when you play the big knockout games and when you play big interpros and and big games in Europe that you have real top quality there at your disposal and um you know they're self driven and they they get your results um so look it is a rebuilding process and we probably have to keep emphasizing that but the short term monster have got to try and get some results and win games we will talk about what's coming up in the next couple of weeks from later on so one last that that I thought was Shane Deneen he thought Donica's point pre-game was interesting around when Penny was there and he should have been moved on as he didn't have the skill set required for that game plan. Could this be the same for a few of the starters currently? Casey has to be the starting nine going forward. Well, it will take time. So the coaches that have come in, um, Andy Kiriakou, Dennis Leamy, Mike Prendergast, um, Graham Rountree, they've got to assess and see what their players are capable of. You know, obviously if you're trying to play a little bit more expansive and play with more ambition and change the shape of your attack, um, it takes a little bit of time. Um, plus, you see what players are capable of doing that, who has natural footballing ability, um, changing habits and behaviours from players. There's lots of players running with the ball in one hand and what happens as a coach if you run with the ball in one hand, if you see a player, well, they're not passing. So the ambition isn't there. The option isn't there. You can still run with the ball on two hands and, and still at the last minute decide yeah. to take contact and stuff like that. But so that's one simple behavioural change that needs to happen. So it just, it just keeps defences a little bit more on their toes and a little bit more nervous about what you can do if you're running with the ball. Um, will you pass? Will you try and offload? Whereas if you're running one hand, you're just taking contact. So there's certain things that have to happen and it's behaviours around players, natural footballing ability, but a natural reading of the game as well. And this is where the players have to become better themselves. And, Look, we, lots of people have said to me in recent time, in the last week or two, uh, in particular about Joe Schmidt, when he started with Leinster, that he lost a number of games at a start and there was people calling for Joe Schmidt's head. Um, who knows? Um, this? You would hope that this will turn around a little bit and they're playing with a bit more cohesion. You'll always have mistakes in a game. But at the moment, it's kind of worrying because... Um, some of the basic errors and basic mistakes and the body language yeah. of the players is not right. I just think they're, they're kind of, they look nervous. Um, I thought there was good stuff in the first half, but the second half, and not to score it, um, a try from the 25th minute onwards yeah. against a team who lost uh, two of their first choice centres through injury. Uh, Franco Smith came on. They lost him to HIA. So effectively, they did a scrum half playing in the centres. And, you know, we lost lineouts. We knocked the ball on. The breakdown issues were there again. Um, and I, people say you have to give them time. Of course, you have to give time to this. But 
sometimes it's a mental thing and I think um, they've just got to really keep fighting through this and it'll build character in them as well. So, you know, it's it's not fair to be overly critical. There's no point in saying that, well, 10 or 15 of the players are not good enough and chuck them out. That You can't do that. No, I, I don't with agree with that group. at all. Yeah, no, but yeah. some of the comments online are, well, um, you know, yeah. the players are not good enough, this, that and the other. The players, there's some very good players there. There's a core group of a very good squad there. Yeah. And if when everyone is fit and healthy and well, and if they get some luck with injuries, they'll have a very strong side and, and they can compete. And possibly, um, you know, that's when you would hope that they can push their game on a little bit and ask more questions to the opposition and be more more confident in their attack. Can I, but, can I ask you a question? If you're... Coach Munster, and you're heading into this game this weekend now, and you think, okay, when we get it right, like because I, I had to clip some stuff from the last couple of games for RT the weekend, and like there was options had we taken the right option. Does that make sense? So there were clear line breaks had we taken the right option, and we just didn't do it. So if you think in your head, continuing to reiterate the fact that if we continue to look for the edge, continue to look for those little outback passes space is opening up and we're actually getting it when we can manage to put phases together. Do you continue with that fame or do you bring it back in and ask kind of like negative rugby that we didn't really enjoy last couple of seasons watching and say, okay, well, we had a better win rate. So do we, do we try and bring some of that back in or do we continue continuously persist so that we will actually get better over the next um, few weeks? I, I think if you go back to just kicking the letter off the ball and we'll take that Connacht game as an example last year yeah. where we kicked so much we passed the ball 45 times in the game 21 passes were Craig Casey so yeah. in other words we're not just passing we're not passing the ball our plan is to kick playing the opposition half I think it's a real danger if you go back to that you actually you're regressing a little bit I think yeah. you've got to get a balance right. I always talk about cup rugby and played sensible. And obviously in your own half, if you're protecting a lead or if you've nudged ahead with a few penalties, yeah, you play territorially. And, and there's a couple of ways of doing that. You can play some yeah. phases and kick or you can kick direct. Um, it has to be more intelligent kicking. You cannot win rugby matches without kicking the ball. You can't just yeah, run yeah, it from yeah, everywhere. Yeah. No, I but know I, ju- I just think... Um, I think what's happening at the moment is a lot of confusion and lack of communication and lack of leadership and control in the team. And I think they've got to persist in what they're doing. What they're doing is not that complicated as regards. They're not going wide, 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 wide every time. You know, they're trying to, they're still doing stuff that just requires a bit better shape and better attack. And it's down to behaviors as well. So, I don't think you uh, changed I just, I just, that. Yeah, I 100%. I'm so glad you said that because I just really hope that they continue to persist with the type of game and just continue to work on the execution because if you can look, take all the emotion out and look at the game objectively in the process of what they're trying to do, they actually are starting to create a huge amount of space. It's just the clarity and the execution to get the ball out there isn't um, where it needs to be at all. Like we, we both know that. It's just not been good enough at the moment. So, I, I just hope that 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 anxiety that the players, I think, feel in relation to pressure and trying to get wins. And like I felt like they fell into a trap in that second half against Everett the other day where they were almost trying to force it because you could feel kind of the tension around the ground. Like I think it was 76 minutes by the time we heard a monster monster from the crowd because the whole thing just went a bit flat. And 
I just hope going into Connacht that they continue to try and move the ball and take those better options and not try and overcomplicate it by throwing these ridiculous skip passes, but that we can just move the ball really quickly through the hands where we're going to get options. And I know Connacht aren't really going that well, but their defence is quite porous. So I think that if we almost let the shackles off in terms of the mental capacity within the game, you'd like to think that they can try and execute a bit better? Yeah, for sure, I think. But um, I'll go back to what, what I said, and we'll talk about it in, in a few minutes when we talk about the Connacht game. I just think, and that kind of leads me, have you all the messages read out there? Yeah, Do you want to read yeah, any yeah. More? Well, yeah. No, no, it's cool. There's one, one or two more. I'll read two. There's one from Pat O'Reardon on YouTube. Uh, about the loss of the Dragons, Peter and Manny Byrne were still on holidays. That's a bit unfair because I think they're just back. It's their first game. Uh, back three, uh, you know, struggling again. Halfbacks shouldn't have been taken off. Um, I think there's... Uh, you get Gavin Coombs and RG Snyman back. Uh, this is from Pat O'Reardon. It makes a difference. Um, Look, we know upside. that that makes... Sorry, we know that makes a difference. But like, let's be very clear in this. Great to see Gavin Coombs warming up with the team the other day. Or G is like not coming back in the short term. So we have to continue to, like, I think we're putting, like, I don't want to be putting pressure on a guy that's injured going, well, we'll all, be, all solve all our problems when you come back playing. By the time Orgy comes back playing, you might not play for two years. I can't expect. Yeah, John, I know. I, I think the point, the point is there that there's um, people will be excited. Or a class people player, will be yeah, excited yeah. when they see, um, you know, the players that are out injured. Andrew Conway hasn't been, is, is not back for a while as well. And, you know, Munster needs, they need a little bit of luck around the injuries and not just the international guys, but just to have a big squad to pick from. And I think Graham Rountree has to be, you know, he has to be brave and make these changes in the next few weeks if players aren't playing. But I think it's probably getting to the point now that some of the players have been involved in the first three games um, they're coming under pressure now and yeah. nobody should be too big to be dropped and told go back um, you're not on the team or squad this week you're not rotated you're dropped for a reason and you try and give that developmental feedback to them and get them to recharge their, their mindset and, and recalibrate and, and get going again because and find a hunger and a desire I just think what really worries me Neve, is there's a lack of spark and fight um, and and kind of aggression that 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 that's within your control as a player, and I just worry that there's a lot of players looking around waiting for somebody else to do it. And if something goes wrong in the structure or the plan, there's a lack of intuition to try and just play rugby and like actually run hard, be aggressive, be powerful. And have an anticipation to just get stuck do, in do, a little bit. Do you know what I? Do you know what kind of, uh, kind of, not disappointed or anything like that, but just kind of was. I thought got this, something I'd have always associated with Munster was celebrating those small wins, you know, and like big tackles, big turnovers. And the other night, over on the left hand side near the terrace in Munster Park, a dog poke, it's over the ball and unbelievable turnover, and. I thought everybody would be literally going over like big high five or going, yes, let's go. Let's bring up this tempo now. Feed off that energy. 
nobody did. They just you just hand yeah, and, and that that, te- that tells its own story because there's a yeah. lack of confidence. There's a the, the feeling isn't no matter what anybody says in in the group, they're feeling the pressure here. The results, be, and you know, yeah. as a player sitting in a dressing room, if you have a couple of bad performances, a couple of losses, it's it's not a it's not a happy place to be. You want to have that buzz and energy. Look, they've got to create that themselves. It kind of leads us on to the next part of of the podcast, which is uh, our our goal star of the week. We've struggled now for three weeks to try and pick people. We've done kind of a couple of joint ones. Um, and, you know, obviously with the two losses, the loss to Cardiff and the loss to the Dragons, it was hard to find, you know, this, a star player. Um, for me this week, and we, we, you know, we had the Andy Farrell and we will have, we will have that in November, the Andy Farrell, uh, are you watching piece around monster players potentially catching the eye of Andy Farrell? But each week we'll be picking a star of the week, whether they win, lose or draw. And this week... Um, you'll be picking it next week is 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 my call. And it's down to a bit of old school um just doggedness that um and it's that sounds disrespectful to this player because he played very well around the field as well. But I love the fight and it continues and the hunger and um that's that's Peter O'Mahony. Um I think yeah. he was I just, even over in the Dragons, I loved a little bit of niggle. I loved a bit of pain that he's shown on his face. Um, and he's shown that passion and that pride that I think is required. And I think people around him, players around him, need to look at him and see his involvement, his pain threshold, um, his aggression, his desire, and his... Ability just keep fighting for every little moment. And I think not enough of the players are doing that in the same vein as Peter Romani is. It's two weeks um, he's played. Um, and I, I just think that on Saturday night, you know, obviously he's world class at stealing lineouts and winning mon- lineouts for Munster or Ireland. Um, but I just think around the field, he's he's been an absolute nuisance in the breakdown. He's winning turnovers again. And I think, obviously, um, that's something that they need. They need some sort of injection here. And they need to find an energy that he's bringing. And I think that will help. It's not going to solve everything. It's not going to eradicate mistakes. But I think the simplest way for these this group of players and this squad to try and start getting results is start with that, you know, that, that passion, that aggression, that energy. And to be fair, in the first half of the game the other night, there was moments where, you know, the mall was very dominant. There was brilliant energy when, you know, Craig Casey taps and goes for the penalty. The reaction is good. Um, and second half, it just died a death, really. But Omani was still fighting and fighting and fighting right to the end. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think um, it's... I feel like almost guilty that we heap this pressure on him week in, week out because... It's no pressure, Neil, because it's just the way he plays. And I, and I know, but we expect him to be brilliant all the time because because he makes such a difference because I feel like he's kind of up there by himself and we're trying to get others, other players up there to meet him. Um, and but it's, it's, not, it's not about... It, this isn't about... Um, Peter Mahoney making carries or offloads or scoring tries. No, I just I love that. the fact. I know, I know you know that. I just love the fact, and I'll keep emphasizing the point. He's just battling so hard, and he's shown 
he's shown us, he's shown viewers who are watching on TV, he's shown people who are at the game, that he really, really cares. I'm not saying the others don't, but they've got to find a way of showing that. And, you know, I remember Mick Galway, when I started out with Munster, he, he, he always kept saying to us about our body language, our body language has to be like, we are, you know, so proud to put on this jersey. Doesn't matter. We might be as talented as other teams. And, you know, after our warm-ups, we do this kind of little lap around or, or even in the start of the warm-up. And he kept saying to us all the time, look like we, we, we're, we're, we're going to be incredibly hard to beat today. And I just think that may sound a little bit flimsy that, you know, you want a monster team to go out and run around and look like they're, you know, put on their game, poker faces and look like really angry and all that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying sometimes your body language and the body language of this group of players doesn't look right. But you see Peter O'Mahony and that's what I want him to look I want him to look like they really, they're not looking around for somebody else to do something. And his game is, is not, not perfect, every part of it. And he's just come back. Um, the other two players I wanted to mention, obviously, are Rue and Quinn. Um, you know, just uh, there's a fair few mentions of him online, 18 years of age, phenomenal um, to play at, at that level and be involved in a professional game. I know he play, he was involved in the preseason as well, um, but that's phenomenal. And he's, he's certainly one for, I would say, not just the future, but for, for the here and now to possibly be involved going forward. Edwin Adogbo, um, again, a um, couple of big involvements with him. So, He's someone who who you know had a couple of big moments in the game as well. So you know you could easily be kind of looking at those guys, but they're not on the field long enough. But Peter O'Mahony for me was was the monster star of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me, I think I think it's important that we you know just pay note to Connor Phillips and, and Patch Campbell two starts as well for the URC for them. And I think um, both showed you know lovely glimpses. And here's the thing. I'd love to see them being involved again this week because, you know, previously you might get a start or get, get involvement and you wouldn't be involved again for six weeks. You can't get any momentum or understanding of how players are at this level. So with the injuries they have and the guys away at the emerging tour, then, you know, might be a really good opportunity to keep those kind of, go with those guys, like Saruan and Edwin, Connor and, um, and Pat in, in, in that group. It'd be brilliant. Okay. Big positive and look, credit, uh, congrats to Stephen Archer, 258 appearance oh, as well. Incredible. Um, it's a great moment for him um, just to be around that long. I played with Stephen. Um, he's always given his all. He comes across for some criticism and so unfairly, he's probably getting picked out sometimes in the last couple of weeks. Now, he did give a few penalties away against the Dragons. He needs to obviously watch that, but to play 250 times is a great achievement. Just really quickly before we move on to Connacht and just look at some pointers there. Positives and negatives um, from last Saturday. I'll go first. Uh, positives for me was the first half, the energy, uh, the mall. There was still mistakes there. Um, and I just think there was um, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a spark around um, the enthusiasm to get there. Their decision making and support play was much better. Um, trying to identify space you said it Neve. Um, you know they're trying to identify space I think they need to be better at that but I think that was one of the positives just the feel in the first 25 minutes was 
and we 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 probably said it. Zebra were coming to this game with, you know, having scored a lot of tries. I think it was ten tries in the first two games. They were narrowly beaten by Leinster and the Sharks, so they were a dangerous proposition. And and um, when I when it went to twenty one nil, I I I was on commentary as well. I just thought, yeah, this you know they'll kick on now and they'll get a big result here. Didn't happen. So the positive was the first 25 minutes, I think. There was positives there. Um, the negatives, again, lacking a little bit of energy, aggression, um, and some of the basic skills. And the breakdown cropped up again, the line-out. Um, so there was a lot of things that were going wrong as well. So they're my positives and negatives, things that can get better, I believe. Um, and they are going to get tested more. They're going to end up being put under a lot of pressure and there's, they're... There's a bit of um, there'll be a bit of an old school approach from this game on Friday night for both teams. Yeah. So um, I think there's stuff to work on, and it is early days. So we need to have patience. Even if Munster don't get a positive result on Friday night, I still think they, you know, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, and there is going to be a bit of pain to absorb here, possibly for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I think big positive for me, obviously, was. As I mentioned that those those two wingers, I thought. Yeah, Casey sorry, was the very, younger players as well. I would say, and yeah, I, I reiterate Casey what you're and, saying. Um, Casey and, and Ben Healy, another big game under our belts. I thought in terms of control, um, and the negative for me was obviously not looking after the ball in the scoring zone, and and most importantly was the stop start nature of the game. I thought it was absolutely terrible. I thought the water breaks, the injuries, the TMO. It just played into, and I could hear O'Mahony on on the pitch shouting, let's play with tempo. Like they were trying to get the tempo back and they just couldn't because of everything, like loads of factors, themselves included, like their own mistakes, but also the injuries and everything. So that was, yeah, big negative for me. Okay, move on to Connacht. Um, Munster's run <laughs> doesn't get any easier. Um, they're away against Connacht, yeah. home to the Bulls. Uh, away to Leinster, away to Ulster. Uh, yeah. So it's a tough run. So I've yeah. said this before, this is a reality. Munster lost seven last year and barely got into the knockout stages. There's not much wriggle room to lose No, too many I, more if, in this block. If, and, you know, if, they, if have they don't to do to well in this block, win. yeah, if they don't do well, then they're looking at a, not, they could be looking at not qualifying for Europe and that's the long and the short of it because things are, Really, really tight. In saying that, they're a tenth at the moment. They win this weekend. They're in a much better picture. But Connacht are in a real odd state of flux, I think, at the moment in terms of they had to go away and play the first three games away because the pitch wasn't ready. They're a dangerous animal in my eyes in terms of they were quite porous in the fence that you'd imagine things would improve there. The thing is for me, you know, they're back in their home ground, a new pitch, the opening of the new sports ground. That's going to be a big emotional advantage for them. Um, but I'm saying that, you know, I think Munster should have enough for them in relation to, I think Jack Carty missing is huge. I know people are talking about Bundy, but for me, Jack Carty is everything that they good about them in terms of his footballing ability um, and his organisation and leadership. So, um, yeah, look, I think... I think Munster have to go and expect to win. Yeah, and look, obviously, um, what happened last year, I touched on it very briefly. Um, Connacht beat them 10-8 in December, and that was probably um, a real negative point for Munster in the season. I think, you know, Connacht are in a difficult place themselves. They were beaten by Ulster. 
beaten by the Stormers and beaten by the Bulls away in South Africa. So they've had a dreadful run. They're at home, um, get to train on the new 4G pitch a couple of times this week, but um, they're certainly, uh, their backs are against the wall as well. And that probably adds to the whole occasion. I think there's been a bit of bite in these games in the last couple of years. Um, Connacht have conceded 15 tries and that was one of their big issues last year, probably defensively, um, conceding tries. But they've only scored five in the first three, which is um, uh, not a big criticism because I think the biggest disappointment for them would be in the start up in Belfast and how they were overpowered there. I think going to South Africa, most teams are going to go to South Africa and struggle when they're playing against the South African teams. Um, so they're in a difficult place. There's no Bondiaki if they get Jack Carty back. But they'll fancy their chances here and it's a great opportunity for them yeah. to kickstart their season. Um, and they do play a brilliant brand of rugby and they, they really attack. So Munster are going to have to be on it here defensively. But um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a really pressurised, pressurised game for both sides. And probably a must-win game, it sounds fairly obvious, I think, for, for, for the reasons we spoke about. Connacht to try and get their first win, Munster to to try and find some sort of feel-good factor in the group coming up with, with, with the block of games they have coming up as well in the next few weeks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's one to look forward to Friday night. Uh, I'll be probably, we'll have no fingernails left, but um, I was, you know, you you picking out things that every week that Munster need to work on. I think it's pretty obvious. I think they need to cut out the mistakes and errors um, be better. You make that sound so simple, Quinny. Like, yeah, the simple ones. The, simple. Sim- the, the simple it's, ones, Neve. The simple ones. The catch pass. None of them are simple because if they were simple, they wouldn't be doing them. You've got no. You can't. Can't just generalize it and say it's simple. Like to you and I, looking. Yeah, well, how many? How many, bo- how many balls were on the ground from you're, from? No, from, you're not. You're not listening. You're, you're not. It's. I'm. You're this. Not this. What I'm saying. I'm talking about. It, it's not a case of saying, yeah, to you and I looking on, it looks a simple catch pass, but we've no idea where their, their minds are at and they're, not, they're clearly not in that moment because the pass isn't going to hand or that they're, they're missing, players are missing lines and they're throwing the ball into space and nobody's running onto it. It's, it's, there's, there's loads of nuggets to why, you know, and it's multifaceted in relation to those mistakes. And I just think it's just a very generalized statement to turn around and say, just cut out the simple mistakes there's a reason why they're, they're making them. I don't accept that. I don't accept that. Okay. I, I know exactly what you mean when you say around shape and multi-phase and when it gets unstructured, yeah, you can lose a bit of shape and stuff like that. But I think a simple catch-pass situation, if I'm coaching under-15 team and they're not, they're not given a proper pass, I think that I, I, they're wrong. They need to, to be better at that. So my point is... I get your point about the shape and when it gets chaotic and 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 changing behaviours of players, one hundred percent. But my point there, and I think we're probably got a bit confused with each other here, is, you know, I don't want to pick out examples here because I don't want to pick out players. But I just think protecting the ball a little bit more in a simple two, three on one, two on one, three on two stuff like that, and and you know just just being a little bit better at that. Our line-out needs to be better. I'm talking about that's basics. You know, um, the ball going into the line-out, crooked throws, poor lifts, bad calls. Um, and the basics of holding on to the ball at the breakdown, 
And it's I, I you could I could show you num- numerous examples of players just being way too high, not being aggressive enough there. That's what I mean. I do honestly get what you're saying around you yeah. know there is total difference in and uh, you're the coach, not me. I, I respect that. And in fairness, you No, I'm I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying No, like, I understand, I understand. I actually yeah. and it's hard to kind of, isn't it? Hard to kind of talk about it. If you had examples yeah. you can give, and if we'd video clips to say they can, you know, yeah. there's something happening here that if one player just looks up and, and sees an opportunity and just gets his body shape different, I get that and I understand it fully. So um, anyway, it should be a cracker Friday night, uh, both sides desperate to win a game. Just quickly before we go, um, obviously the, the emerging Ireland side won 54-7 against the Grickas. Josh Witcherly, Shane Daly, Calvin Ash scored tries. Jack Crowley looked quite good. Okay, we know the opposition weren't as strong. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a Tom lot Ahern. of... Thomas Ahern. Thomas Ahern as well. Yeah, well, Roman Salano. Jack Crowley, Thomas Ahern were the two best players in the park. Yeah, and it was brilliant to see. So um, they're playing uh, the Pumas tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, as four o'clock or five o'clock tomorrow and then they play the Cheetahs on the Sunday. I think Graham Rowntree can't wait to probably get those guys home. Um, just quickly in any other news, obviously after the podcast last week, it was um, and the press conference on Tuesday evening, uh, Graham Rowntree spoke about RG Snyman having a yeah. setback. There was a little bit of panic around that. Um, I We both knew about that a number of weeks yeah. ago. It was a small knee clear out and um, a little bit of cartilage thing, which can happen. I had a knee reconstruction. I had to do the same myself. So um, he was in Cork. Um, did you see him on Saturday walking I around? Did. So he's, uh, yeah. he's he's getting closer. And the other thing, the other news was um, there was new contracts announced as well uh, for Craig Casey, Mike Haley, Shane Daly, Josh Richley and Alex Kendellan. So that's all the news we have. Hopefully we're a bit more upbeat next week and we get a good performance. I just think um, there's a balance between performance driven performance driven and results driven. I think Friday night results. It's results driven. <laughs> I know Connacht <laughs> will be the same and uh Collie Tucker is involved there. Um Mossy Mossy Lawler as well. So there's a there's a few Munster lads up involved there as well. So Connor Oliver, he's always scrapping with Peter O'Mahony. Um, they have some very good players and I think they will be fighting like dogs on Friday night as well. Mm -hmm. So um, that's it from episode 39 of the Red 78 wrapped up. Uh, To make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red 78 and don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts and all things Monster throughout the week. Uh, You can tweet me or myself if you want or you can tweet at Rugby Channel 15 um, to leave a message or Watch, watch the podcast or send us an email on the rugby channel at Bauer, B-A-U-E-R media.ie. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thanks, Neve. Thanks, Gunny. Uh, hopefully, as I said, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about a positive result next week. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. <laughs>